You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. Hello, and thank you for joining us this week on the Neutral Zone. I'm Phil Milani, joined as always by Eric Dalala. We have a great show in store for you this week. We'll be joined by Chris Harris Jr. We caught up at, uh, with him at a community event. Asked him about uh, some of his the things that his foundation is doing uh, ahead of the holidays here, and then also, in my opinion, Chris Harris Jr. made one of the more heads up plays that we've seen from this Broncos defense this season. Checked out of a out of a call, and it resulted in the interception that he made against Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll ask him about what he saw and how that play unfolded. And then uh, Eric will be uh, talking with Jeff Hobson from Bengals.com, a longtime writer for uh, covering the Bengals out in Cincinnati as the Broncos get set to face another AFC North opponent. But, Eric, let's dive into this Steelers game a little bit first. The Broncos knocking off teams that had won six consecutive games coming in in back-to-back weeks yeah before we move on to next week phil let's enjoy this one a little bit you knock the chargers off on a six-game winning streak you knock the steelers off on a six-game winning streak you go two and one against those teams that started with houston of uh really going a long time without losing a game and the broncos ended two of those streaks uh and, you know, they did it kind of in a similar way against Pittsburgh that they did against the Los Angeles Chargers. They forced turnovers. They made plays when they had to on offense. And when they got down, they didn't panic. And unlike kind of the rest of the season, they were able to close it out. And now all of a sudden, Phil, you've beaten two teams that are in the playoff chase. And you're feeling really good about yourself if you're the Broncos. I know they're still focused on going 1-0 and this weekend. Vance Joseph won't talk about the playoffs still. I would imagine he won't for a few more weeks. But you've got to think right now you can compete with most teams. Oh, for sure. I mean, if you are a listener of the neutral zone and have been all season long, we've told you, hey, this team is pretty good. They just need to win some of these close games and get over the hump. Finally starting to make those big plays when they need to. I mean, look, this offense isn't going out and scoring 40 points and blowing people away that way. But they play complementary football. And I think that that is really important. I mean, the defense made some huge plays against the Steelers. And the Broncos offense was able to come out onto the field and turn the turnover into points and not just field goals, but they were scoring touchdowns when they needed it. And the one thing that really impressed me about this game in particular was there was a, there was a moment there where it it could have gone all bad for the, for the Broncos. I mean, they played great in that first half and then right before halftime, you give up the fake field goal for a touchdown to come back in the third quarter and give up a 97-yard touchdown. At that point, the momentum swing was so so much on the Steelers' side that, you know, if this Broncos team hadn't been there before or wasn't as mentally tough as they are, they could have just packed it up. But they fought hard. Chris Harris Jr. came up with that interception, turned into a touchdown, and hey, the Broncos uh, came back and, and uh, won that game. And that was just really impressive to me, Eric. Yeah, we've heard for the better part of a month from Vance Joseph about how this team is battle-tested. And that, that's where that really came into play was the Broncos go three and out on, the, uh, on their first drive of the second half, I believe. They certainly mm-hmm. didn't score points. You know, ended up with a punt. 
Colby Wadman pins the ball at the three-yard line, and you're thinking if you're the Broncos, hey, this is a big opportunity to get a safety. They almost get it when a defensive lineman breaks through and hits Roethlisberger, yeah, part of his big game. But then Juju Smith-Schuster is breaking free. You know, He gets past Bradley Roby. Darian Stewart can't make the tackle in the middle of the field. And the place went quiet except for a couple thousand, maybe more than terrible a couple towels. thousand. Yeah, some terrible towel, towels swaying in the wind, uh, some shouts from Pittsburgh Steelers fans. But I think up in the press box there was a sense of, hey, things could go south quickly here because the Broncos, again, went three and out after that. But Chris Harris Jr., like you said, probably made – one of the plays of the season uh, by picking Roethlisberger off. And then they just found ways. You know, even the Broncos uh, go ahead, or excuse me, yeah, the Broncos go ahead, but there's another play with James Conner, you know, where he fumbles the ball. It looks like the Steelers are going to score there. Um, the Broncos just found ways to find big turnovers. And listen, they don't want to give up 500 yards every week. And I it's think a thousand yards over the last two weeks. Yeah, that's crazy. It and, is crazy. And Vance Joseph said, hey, we can't – these big plays, they can't happen because even if they don't bite you now, they're going to come back and bite you later. But you've got to feel good about where you are just in terms of, hey, we made stops when we need to because that's – Chris Harris Jr. said after the game, that's what the Super Bowl 50 team did. You know, it wasn't yeah. always pretty. They were locked in these close games all the time. You know, I think, what, you had a game against Cleveland that year that overtime. came down? Yeah. You had a game against um, the Ravens that was close. You know, lots of games that – Right down to the wire. Could have gone either way, and they won this weekend like they did that year. Doesn't mean they're going to the Super Bowl this year, of course, but it's nice to see that same kind of mentality and persona come back. Oh, for sure. I mean, every single game this year, with exception to the Jets game, has come down to a play or two in the fourth quarter that, you know, determined the outcome. And I think that's the interesting thing is, look, they're feeling confident now. They're playing with a lot more confidence but there's still a long way to go, and I don't think that – I mean, you go into the Broncos locker room, I don't think anybody is really happy or, like, uh, fully satisfied at this point because, yeah, they beat the Steelers, but there are a couple of things that still really need to get corrected. I mean, a 97-yard touchdown just shouldn't happen, you know, and just little things that I think that if they do get them corrected, the defense could be really good once again. And, you know, uh, with that pass rush – and it's not just Vaughn and it's not just Chubb. It's really an interior pass rush we saw a few times with that pass rush, and then if the secondary can get their, th- you know, get it together a little bit, the defense could be really good in my opinion. And you know, like Yadam went out there uh, when Tremaine Brock got uh, banged up, and I thought that he played pretty well. I mean, he got beat on a double move early, but then after that, you know, he was physical and he was, uh, you know, you could see some signs of, hey, this guy's getting a little bit more uh, confident out there. Yeah, I was impressed with the way that several people responded. You know, you don't have Adam Jones, so Isaac Yadam goes in there. And like you said, aside from that one play initially that was an incompletion, he played well. Tough. Um, you know, Shaq Barrett played really well with Vaughn and uh, and uh, Bradley Chubb not having their best games. He's hurt, so we'll see kind of yeah, how the Broncos are able week to... week to week, right? Is that yeah, Shaq Barrett week to week, Jeff Hireman out for the year, which is tough. Um, but good. a guy like Matt Lacoste stepped up, scored a touchdown the first of his career, you saw guys making plays that I'm not sure they made earlier in the season. And that's why I asked Vance on Monday. I said, hey, you said a couple weeks ago we don't have the margin for error right now that we would like. We can't make mistakes and win games. This week they made mistakes and still won the game. And that's probably what's most encouraging to me is that previously it felt like we have to be perfect to win. 
And that's really hard on the players. That's hard on the coaches because you feel like you can't be off for a second and to be on for three and a half hours is tough. But now that you've got a little bit of wiggle room, I think uh, it shows what this team can be. Oh, for sure. I do think that that Jeff Hireman loss is going to be that we're going to feel that one maybe a little bit in multiple ways because we've seen Jeff Hireman really take a step this uh, this season and not just in the passing game, but he's so vital in the blocking game, uh, you know, just freeing up some of those holes that we've seen Philip Lindsay really explode through. So feel bad for Jeff Hireman, but, uh, you know, uh, we'll see what happens with his contract situation after the season, if he'll be back or not. But uh, definitely uh, feel for Jeff Hireman. Uh, hey, Case Keenum, I thought, played maybe another, you know, great uh, you know performance by him. The third week in a row that he hasn't thrown an interception. Yeah, and this is the, the Case Keenum that I think John Elway and company probably saw when they looked at his tape from the Vikings last year. And, you know, the Vikings didn't they didn't start three and six, but they didn't start great either last year as they kind of found their way into what they did well. It seems like the Broncos have found it. Case, like you said, played an efficient game. But I think it's kind of – I think you're downplaying what Case does if you just say, hey, he didn't turn the ball over. He didn't uh, make huge mistakes. No, he was making plays himself. He made some yeah. big – I mean, you look back to that – Right after the Chris Harris Jr. interception, he throws a great ball to Emmanuel Sanders down the right sideline for 38 yards. And then on the very next play, you know, he's flushed out of the pocket, doesn't have anywhere to go, keeps the play alive and finds Emmanuel Sanders in the end zone for a touchdown. That's a big time play. And that to me speaks to the confidence that this team's playing with. They get the turnover and they're like, instead of just saying, okay, let's just uh, see where we are at. They're like, no, let's go after them. And that that play call was really, I thought, uh, shows the personality of how this team has evolved. You know, get a turnover. Let, we see blood in the water. Let's go for the kill. And uh, that was a tremendous play. And we saw him roll out, you know, throw it. I think that he's feeling healthy, too, at this point in the year, able to just really get it. What was that, like 40 yards in the air maybe, 30, 35 in yeah, the air? Yeah, I think 38 was the 38. official completion. So that was good. And even on the Matt Lacoste touchdown, you know, he, Matt Lacoste was the fourth option is what he said on that play. And you see him look to the front side, maybe two options there, turns back to the left side. The offensive line played well, gave him time to be able to go through his reads. But just to be able to stay calm in there, go through all of his progression, and then find a wide-open Matt Lacoste, I mean – that's those are the type of plays that hey that's what quarterbacking in the NFL is like and Case Keenum is excelling right now yeah the offensive line too like you said they deserve a lot of credit that unit right now with Connor McGovern at center uh Elijah Wilkinson at right guard and uh who's over at left guard these days Billy Turner Billy Turner they're playing really well in the middle and you know you're gonna have another challenge this week against Cincinnati with some good rushers but it seems like they've stumbled upon something that really works. Yes. Hopefully those guys can stay healthy because we don't we don't need more turnover there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean people have had to step up and it's not going to get any easier even though the schedule looks like it's kind of toning down a little bit. You're still going to have to play just as well any given Sunday. Right. Eric. Hopefully the next couple of weeks though, you're able to you play uh you know, a quarterback in Cincinnati. Gosh, Jeff, Jeff Driscoll. Driscoll. Yeah. First career start he'll be making. Yeah. And then you play Nick Mullins in San Francisco. Hopefully yeah. you can these guys can come out, play a game like they did in Arizona where it's not right down to the right, wire. Because you know I would think if you're a player and a coach, that gets mentally exhausting too. Oh, and that, physically it wears yeah. on you, yeah. So maybe they're able to 
coast a little bit here, put one away early and kind of not have to worry about that late game stress. But I think it's helpful for them that they have to win the rest of these games because there's no chance of them saying, oh, we can overlook Cincinnati because you lose, your season's done. Vance said that Monday. He said, we're 5-6, and six, but we lose this weekend. We're 5-7, and seven, and we're back to saying this is terrible. Yeah, you can't slip up. Yeah. So I think that helps in some way that you don't have the room – to mess up. So I think it's less likely to happen. Yeah. And they got to stay mentally focused through this stretch and, uh, you know, uh, see what happens here. They play five games left. Only one of the teams has a winning record. That's the LA chargers coming in there. And, you know, but, but any given Sunday you could lose, saw what happened when they played the jets. So you can't take any time off, but if they're able to continue to build confidence and play efficient football and just take care of uh, some things, I think that they will be, uh, you know, in a good place coming down the stretch here and uh, see what happens. You know, you want to be playing your best football, you know, in December and to see if the Broncos can keep taking those steps uh, here as uh, we head into really the final stretch of the season. Yeah, and I think it's at this point, Phil, even at five and six, where you say consistency helped, staying on the same path helped. There's a lot of people that wanted a, a coaching change after a loss in New York. There's a lot of people that wanted a coaching change after a loss to Houston before the bye week. This shows that, hey, they were on the right track. They're doing the right things. These players are still playing and still believe. And so, I mean, you make a coaching change in week five, you're probably done for the season. You're probably not in the position now where you can make a run toward the playoffs. So, People here know what they're doing, I think, is probably a... It's been a tremendous job, I mean, just from my perspective. I mean, we knew what, what uh, you know, when they hired Vance Joseph, they said he was a leader of men, and you really see that. I mean, uh, even with Case Keenum coming in, too, the leadership on the team is tremendous. We saw Emmanuel Sanders get the guys fired up to play his former team um, last week, so... I think that they've done an outstanding job. Vance has said so himself, just like keeping this team together. They've lost to some really good teams, and I think the the guys knew that. And um, you know, and now hopefully uh, we'll see now that the schedule gets a little bit easier. See if it could pay off with a couple of victories uh, here, Eric. But uh, I think it's uh, time to get to uh, my conversation with Chris Harris Jr. We uh, left the facility, wasn't in the locker room. We went out to a special location to. Uh, talk with the Broncos all-pro cornerback. All right, we're catching up with Chris Harris Jr. at a very special location at Park Meadows at the yeah. Build-A-Bear, uh, building bears for uh, kids at the Children's Hospital. Why was it important? Yeah. You brought your daughter out here today. Uh, just uh, let her see what it is, what's like giving back, and then I told her what, what the purpose of this event was, and she understood it, and uh uh, it's just uh, give a gift to the Denver Rescue Home, which I'm very a part of. So mm-hmm. uh, I just always want to be uh, in the mix with what, what we're doing with them. Uh, you mentioned the Denver Rescue Mission. Yeah. Uh, you got the holiday party next week. Yeah. Uh, that's something you took over from uh, Champ, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a fun event. We do that every year. And uh, I also go there in the spring and do an event with them. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's always fun. And my teammates are going to be there for great support. And uh, it's just giving back to them, something that they look forward to every year. And uh, they can't wait to see us. You, your foundation does so much this time yeah. of year, too, right? Oh, yeah. We have my Harrison's with the holidays coming up uh, December 12th uh, at, uh, here at Park Meadows at Seasons 52, which is that's going to always be fun. Just being able to just continue to fundraise uh, for my foundation and be able to impact more kids. Well, on the football field, uh, how does it feel to have two wins in a row? Kind of get that winning feeling back, right? Uh, it feels, feels good, good, but it actually makes you hungry. It makes you want to continue to win and uh, – 
continue to just put this work in and uh, to keep having success, and that's what you want. And uh, so I just stay hungry. I'm stay motivated, and uh, continue to uh, do whatever I can to keep pounding up these wins. And nobody's happy with just five and six, right? No, you can't be happy with that at all. And. I'm really not happy unless we get 10 wins and make the playoffs, so uh, we got to get at least five more. On the interception you had last week, you changed the call right before that. Yeah. Uh, what did you see? How, take me through that, uh, what you thought. I just felt I felt my teammates kind of like they just they weren't comfortable, so I just made a simple call to make everybody comfortable where everybody can play fast and play with vision, and I was able to just break on the ball. Uh, you changed your side to zone? Is that what you yeah. did there? Yeah, I just changed it to zone. and. Uh, guys just were like, what should we do, what should we do? And they're asking me at that point in the heat of the moment, just got to make a quick decision and have everybody in the same thing and live with the call. You know Roethlisberger's probably going to go to A.B. He sees him trailing yeah. uh, across the middle. You knew it was probably yeah. going to go there. Oh, right? yeah, I seen I just reading his eyes, man. And uh, when uh, I rarely get times where I can play with vision. Mm -hmm. I'm always in so much man-to-man. -man, so uh, whenever I can play with vision, have break on the quarterback and on his eyes, I'm very good at that, too. Uh, this week, how do things change yeah. with uh, Andy Dalton going to yeah. IR? Oh, man, it changes a lot. Uh, hopefully, I don't know if A.J. Green's playing. I'm, I know he's been hurt, but uh, I always look forward to facing him every year. Another all-pro, Pro Bowl receiver that I have to see. So, uh, I'm just getting ready for all those receivers, really. But uh, if a or if, uh, we know Dalton's not playing, yeah. so if A.J. Green plays, he's still a big play threat. Uh, Jeff Driscoll will be making his first start at quarterback. I mean, yeah. how do you prepare for a guy like that? you go back to college? or what do you uh, do? I haven't seen too much film on him, so yeah. I'll watch his preseason, see how he plays, and from there. But uh, just go out there and play my game. I think uh, – Anytime you go on the road, uh, you got to pack your defense and special teams and uh, try to force turnovers still again. And uh, we've been doing – we've caught fire on that the last couple of weeks. A lot of guys in the locker room talking about how you guys have faced so much adversity. That yeah. can actually be a good thing now because you've been through it all yeah. so far. You feel like that too? Oh, yeah. I think we faced a lot of fire and um, guys have just stayed together. And, and that's, what it mean, that's what it takes to win in this league. You have to stick together. You have to continue to believe in our coaches' philosophies and what they're teaching us. And uh, – and uh, try to bring your best effort every week. All right, Chris, appreciate your time. Man. Oh, yeah, no problem. My thanks to Chris Harris Jr. for coming on the Neutral Zone. Had a lot of interesting things to say, how he somehow knew to check into his zone defense on his side of the field, ended up in a interception, his third this season. He's uh, certainly looking forward to this final stretch of the season. Eric, now I'm looking forward to uh, – not really a Limerick challenge this week, I don't think. No, Phil, we're uh, you know we're on to Cincinnati. We are you know deep in the season. Broncos are turning things around. We figured we'd mix up the neutral zone a little bit. No new no uh, Limerick challenge this week, if that's okay with you. We'll bring it back before the end of the season. But uh, figured we'd do some Broncos trivia here. We do like always have a fan calling in. Who's on the line this week? Hey, this is Chris. I'm in Las Vegas. Awesome. How uh, You're going to stay with the Broncos even when the Raiders head out there in a couple years? You know, the best part about the Raiders coming to town is that uh, the Broncos are going to play here once a season, so that's good. Yeah. How'd you, uh, how'd you become a Broncos fan? I was born in Denver. The whole family's fans, so grew up that way. Nice. Awesome. Well, we'll see if we can uh, get you a Broncos prize pack. If you can answer two of these three trivia questions correctly, you'll be a winner here on the Neutral Zone. Going to be three multiple-choice questions. And again, uh, if you can just identify the correct answer, two of the three, you'll be a winner. Sound good? Sounds uh, fair enough. All right. Here's your first question. Von Miller, 
who was the second overall pick in the 2011 draft, recorded his first sack against which of the following quarterbacks? A, Andy Dalton, B, Cam Newton, or C, Alex Smith? Mm. I'm going to go with Alex Smith. Oh, it's actually Andy Dalton uh, as we head towards Cincinnati. Uh, Vaughn said, I think last week, Phil, that that was his favorite sack of his career, actually, besides the Super Bowl 50 sacks. Um, it was the second week of 2011, got the first one on the board. He's gotten 100, uh, now 100 and a half, including the postseason. So uh, plenty more, I'm sure, to come. But that was his favorite one so far and the very first one. All right, we'll move on to the second question, see uh, if you can bounce back here. All right. Last Sunday against the Steelers, Philip Lindsay passed this player for the most rushing yards by an undrafted rookie in Broncos history. Is it A, C.J. Anderson, B, Selvin Young, or C, Clinton Portis? Um, I'm going to say Selvin Young. There you go, exactly, yeah. Clinton Portis, of course, was drafted by the Broncos, a second-round pick. Uh, C.J. Anderson had an 1,000-yard season last year, um, and Philip Lindsay could be approaching his total for the most yards uh, by any undrafted rookie, or by any undrafted running back. But Selvin Young had 729 yards as a rookie. Philip Lindsay passed that. Looks like he's got many more yards to go. And uh, that's a correct answer for you, so we'll see if we can get you uh, – to be a winner here with this final question. All right. Uh, Domata Pecco and Vance Joseph both heading back to Cincinnati, places that they spent uh, parts of their career. But the Broncos have an assistant coach that was drafted by the Bengals back in 1974 in the first round of the NFL draft. Is it A, defensive line coach Bill Kolar? Is it B, offensive coordinator Bill Musgrave? Or is it C, Running backs coach Curtis Modkins. Oh gosh, I'm just going to straight up guess on this one because I do not know. I'm going to go with A. Hey, Bill Kolar, you got it. That was a great guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uh, went to Montana State University, uh, was a Senior Bowl MVP back in 1974, and then the Bengals selected him with the 23rd overall pick in that draft. Congratulations, you're a winner here on the Neutral Zone. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, of course. And uh, now we're going to go to part one of my conversation with Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com. I talk a little bit with him about Bill Kolar, Vance Joseph, and Doma Tapeco heading back to Cincinnati. Back here on the Neutral Zone, joined this week to preview the Broncos game against the Cincinnati Bengals by Jeff Hobson, the senior writer for Bengals.com. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Jeff, want to start here, obviously, with the news of uh, early this week that quarterback Andy Dalton headed to injured reserve. Jeff Driscoll going to start this weekend for the Bengals against the Broncos. He's kind of an unknown to most Broncos fans. How is he going to change things under center? Well, I think you'll probably see a lot more of the uh, zone read. He's a very athletic guy, probably the most athletic quarterback they've ever had here. You know, he's got a good arm. I mean, he was, uh, he's got a good enough arm, and he was drafted by the Red Sox uh, uh, four years after he had uh, stopped playing baseball. So, you know, he can, he can fling it. 
Um, he's, he's a good runner. He's got pretty good accuracy. I, I don't know how different they'll be because he's the only um, <laughs> he's the only quarterback on the roster now that uh, knows the offense. So they're going to be in a you know I don't think he's going to run it all that much because uh, they got to keep him upright. Uh, but you know I think you'll uh, I think you'll probably see a lot of the same routes. Uh, probably have to rely on the running game a little more. You know, but. Uh, Certainly, he's more explosive and, um, you know, uh, on his own read than Andy is. So it, it's going to be an interesting, it's going to be a different look. How different, you know, remains to be seen. Like I said, I, he's not going to pull a Lamar Jackson out there and run it, 20, and run it 27 times. But, uh, you know, but he's a good runner. Right. I saw that Marvin Lewis, um, head coach for the Bengals, said, we've got to clean up some of those pre-snap penalties how much of an emphasis do you think that will be this week in practice as he prepares for his first start? Well, it'd be huge. I mean, it uh, it prevented them. I mean, they had three false starts uh, on one uh, on the next to last drive of the game, and then on the last drive of the game, they had a forty three yard pass to Tyler Board wiped out because of an illegal shift. So clearly, uh, you know, the center, the quarterback, all have to get on the same page. You'd like to think that can get cleaned up in a week where, you know, he's always taking reps with the first team, you know. And and Price, the center, he's a rookie. He was only his fifth NFL start. And now in his sixth NFL start, he goes up against a very good 3-4 uh, nose tackle that Bengals fans know well in Domitop Pekka. So, um, you know, that's going to be a big uh, it's gonna be a big assignment for Billy Price, their rookie center. Yeah, we've got a couple uh, reunions this weekend, Doma Tapeco, of course, heading back to Cincinnati, and then Vance Joseph spent time there as the defensive backs coach. How are those guys remembered uh, in Cincinnati in in the organization? Tapeco's a, a beloved figure. You know, uh, he, he played, I believe, it's 171 games, uh, the second most games on the defensive line, uh, next to the legendary Tim Tim Crum, Tim Crumry, the nose tackle. Uh, very, very. Uh, I mean, you guys know him out there. Very committed, spiritual guy. Very involved in the community. Uh, did a lot of community work. Uh, you know, and his teammates loved him. I mean, he was one of these guys. His house was was always open. You know, so he's a beloved figure here, and um, uh, and it's kind of uh, fitting that he's also. It's also a reunion for the defensive line coach Bill Bill Kohler, who was a uh, first round pick of the Bengals in 1974. And uh, it's always interesting to see him uh, come to town. He's a, he's a very regarded uh, figure here. And um, you know, Vance Joseph, uh, he was hired by he was hired uh, as a secondary coach here for a couple of years, and everybody knew. Heck, that's the first time I ever saw an assistant coach hired, and people just said, "Look, this guy's this guy's a future head coach in the league," and people knew that back way back when. So, um, you know, Vance uh, Vance really got along well with the DBs here. Corners and Drake or Patrick. Uh, he didn't have William Jackson, but you know he had guys like Sean Williams and uh, and Kirkpatrick, and he had uh, and he had uh, Darquois Denard uh, as a rookie. Um, he was uh, he was big and get, you know he's one of the guys that was uh, on the ground floor drafting Darquois Denard. So um, you know these guys really liked him as a position coach. So I think uh, you know. Uh, not a lot of jerks, you know. There's a lot of good guys involved here, and it's going to be it's going to be nice to see them get uh, get back together. Yeah, Vance uh, on Monday talked a lot about how much Marvin Lewis meant to his career, and then 
joked that he'd like he'd like going back this weekend if the Broncos are able to get a win. Um, the Bengals 0-3 over the last three weeks. Jeff, is that just – can you tack that up to the simple fact that A.J. Green hasn't been healthy and hasn't been available, or is there more going on? No, that's a factor. I mean, A.J. not having – A.J. is obviously a factor. He's one of the best players in the league, but defensively it's been a real uh, a real enigma. They haven't been able to stop anybody or anything, and, uh, you know, the injury situation hasn't helped. I mean, last week getting ready for the Browns, they put three defensive line. Uh, they put three defensive players on injured reserve. They had three defensive linemen who were. It was their first week here. Um, you know, their middle backer is on injured reserve. Montez Burfecht is limping. I mean, it's uh, they haven't been able to. You know, they've been lit up by you know Patrick Mahomes and uh, Baker Mayfield and uh, Drew Brees and you know it really hasn't mattered who you know rookie veteran. They've kind of struggled. So I think, you know, more so than A.J. missing, I think has been struggling to find a uh, a key, to, you know, a way to just kind of uh, stop the bleeding on defense. That was part one of my conversation with Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com. Hearing a little bit about the quarterback situation, Phil, you know, Jeff Driscoll starting for the Bengals, Andy Dalton on IR. We'll talk more with Jeff in just a little bit, but Phil, you want to play another game here? Yeah, Eric, it's time to play Who Said It? And uh, we have another caller on the line. Uh, Who's joining us here on the Neutral Zone? Uh, Steve Hershey in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, Steve, thanks for joining us. Uh, how, how'd you become a Broncos fan out there in Arizona? Uh, born and raised in Parker. My dad had season tickets for 50 years. Uh, the old mile high section 344. So I uh, I go way back. <laughs> nice. Uh, were you able to catch the Broncos uh, game out there uh, against the Cardinals? I did. I was uh, I was on about the I was kind of in the corner in club level. Actually, one of my friends had some tickets in Cardinals players' family area, so... Uh, oh, that was I, awkward, huh? <laughs> well, I think the whole uh, the whole stadium was uh, about 70% Bronco fans, so they were the ones in the minority in that instance. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was quite the game. It uh, really kind of uh, kick-started some of the recent run the Broncos have been on here recently, uh, just getting that confidence going. Uh, Steve, if you're ready, we'll play the game Who Said It? That's a game where I'll give you a quote, and then you tell me who said it. If you get two out of three right, you'll be a winner here on the Neutral Zone. All right, let's play. Okay, here is the first quote. It'll be fun if we win. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a tough opponent. Marvin is a great friend, a great coach, and he'll have them ready to play. Uh, Vance Joseph. Yes, that's uh, head coach Vance Joseph talking about uh, facing Bengals head coach Marvin Lewis. Of course, uh, Vance Joseph spent two seasons in Cincinnati as the DB's coach there. So uh, obviously a close connection with Marvin Lewis, the Bengals head coach out there. So uh, Vance Joseph heading back to Cincinnati this week. So you got the first one here. Let's go on to uh, quote number two. All right. And this is Vance talking about who. So Vance Joseph said this, but who is he talking about? Quote, my first spring here when I watched blank work out, I told defensive line coach Bill Kolar, he's got about a week before we cut him, 
he was that bad that spring, and I guess the light came on, and the guy's been playing really good football. Uh, I would guess Shelby Harris. Yeah, that's Shelby Harris uh, made the game-winning interception against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers the other night. Turns out that he was pretty close to getting cut a couple years ago. Um, but Shelby Harris, a big week for him. He just had a, a baby daughter and then uh, comes out and uh, plays maybe one of the best games of his career. Anything we can take off the Raiders scrap heap is probably good news. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Shelby Harris, former uh, Oakland Raider. He's also a really big Milwaukee fan, uh, so that was a little bit interesting when uh, the Brewers were, play- were playing the Rockies. Well, I guess if you go to Illinois State, you got to find what you can. So <laughs> you're like a, a Shelby Harris uh, a f- historian. Well, I uh, I'm just a Bronco diehard boy. I love it. I love it. Okay, well, let's see if uh, you can make it three out of three here on who said it. Here's the last quote. All right. I've been working on my angles in practice, and it showed up. Either he was slow, or he let up. I don't really care. I just had to make the play for the team, and it was all for the team. Oof. Um, angles. Who would take me? Uh, we'll go with Chris Harris Jr. Oh, actually, that was Will Parks who uh, who okay. made a huge hit um, on the Steelers' tight end to uh, save a touchdown. Um, yep. So he, he was working on his angles, apparently, in practice. That's how uh, he was able to meet him right at the goal line and make a, a huge play uh, to help uh, prevent a touchdown. All right. Well, hey, good good question. Really well. I, uh, that was a great play. That, was, uh, that totally turned around the game for us. So <laughs> happy you did. What do you think about that rule where the ball goes out of the back of the end zone and it's a touchback? Seems like a huge swing. Well, uh, I'm just glad that they didn't have that same camera angle when Champ Bailey returned it 100 yards against New England. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Very true. Uh, uh, Sometimes technology is your friend and sometimes it's not. (laughs) Uh, Well, in this case, uh, I mean, that changed the whole course of the game. I mean, they were going in for a minimum of three, but it sure looked like six, and then they come away empty-handed. So absolutely the biggest play of the game, and – Nice to see everybody contributing, even uh, even guys like you know Little Unsung, uh, Willie Clark. Yeah, that was it was a great big play there. And uh, well, Steve, uh, you're a winner here on the Neutral Zone. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, yeah, go Broncos from all the way down there in Scottsdale. Absolutely, boys, go Broncos. Arizona is still Broncos country. Yes, and I'm sure the weather's a little bit nicer down there uh, this time of year. It's 79 degrees right at the moment. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, Steve, appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Talk to you soon. And now we're going to part two of my conversation with Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com. We hear a little bit more about this week's matchup. What do you think the odds are that uh, A.J. Green's able to be available this week? Does it seem like he's trending in that direction, or does he still seem a few weeks away? Couldn't tell you. I, I don't know. It's a, uh, uh, Marvin made it sound like he was going to have a shot last week that he expected him to practice. You know, he didn't practice until Saturday, and then he didn't go. So uh, you got me. I mean, I, he's closer He's closer than he was, 
I mean, you know, uh, you just you just flat out don't know. I mean, uh, the toes. Uh, I I wouldn't be shocked to see him out there this way. You know, the last time he had this in 2014, uh, you know, he missed three games and he was back. You know, so now it's he's missed three games. So you know, maybe 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 he's on the same timetable. Maybe not. But um, you know, uh, it, it would be interesting if he doesn't play. That would be the first time since the finale in 2010 uh, that uh, Dalton that, that Dalton and Green may not both be on the field. Either one or the other has been on the field every game since since the last game of 2010. So uh, it would be really weird not to have at least one of them. Yeah, and I, uh, I think Broncos fans um, want to see A.J. Green out there, want to want to see a competitive game and uh, – Obviously, a battle between A.J. Green and Chris Harris Jr. is always a fun matchup. On the defensive side of the ball, Jeff, I know you talked a little bit about it, but I saw linebacker Vincent Ray say, hey, everybody's got to focus on doing their job. And he talked a little bit about uh, an example where he didn't stay with a back. We've heard that here uh, with the Broncos quite a bit about doing your job, focusing on the little things. On defense, is there still the belief that they can turn things around here? Yeah, I think there is. I think Marvin, Marvin, now that Marvin's calling the plays, there's a little bit of a different, uh, there's a little bit of a different take on things. I think he's, uh, I think he's uh, uh, tried to make things a little less complicated. But uh, that's a, still a pretty good crew out there. You know, you get a very, uh, you know, you get a front four that has two pro bowlers and Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap. You know, um, and you get three, uh, three first round corners if Kirkpatrick plays. So, and they're getting good play out of their rookie safety Jesse Bates. So that's not a, uh, you know, they should be playing, you know, at some point they're going to play play like they're supposed to. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty good, you know, it's certainly not the 32nd group in the league. And, uh, you know, they can't play like that, uh, you know, if they don't have their quarterback. But uh, I do think at home, I think they feel like, uh, you know, this is their last stand. Um, they've got some, you know, they get some prideful veterans on that defense. I think they think like you know they've got to pitch one on uh, Sunday. And as we uh, prepare for that game, both teams uh, five and six looking to uh, get a big win to get back in the playoff hunt uh, in that conversation for the final wild card spot. Uh, when they meet this weekend, Jeff, what do you think the keys are in terms of determining who's going to win this game? Yeah, I just think it's uh, you know uh, the Bengals are going to have to control the ball they're going to have to uh, uh you know they're going to have to uh stop stop denver's uh denver's running game they haven't really been able to stop anybody's run game i take that back they did a good job with that cleveland the cleveland's got the fifth best rush game in the league they couldn't stop mayfield so the big thing is is this defense has to to me it comes down to the first quarter if the defense can make a couple of stands early that should give them some you know that's should give them some momentum, but this game is firmly in the defense's hands because um, that will dictate it whether they win or lose. Um, I don't know what you can expect from Driscoll. You know, it's, it's a tough thing in his first NFL start. I don't care if it's at home, on the road, or on the moon. Still his first NFL start. You have no idea what to expect. Um, and um, I just feel like, you know, uh, you know, it's uh, Denver is not hasn't hasn't played great. On, on defense, they played well, though. I mean, that's the problem is the Bengals are playing a hot team, you know. Huge win over Pittsburgh. 
they're playing with a lot of confidence. So to me, you know, I think I think we'll know it by the end of the first quarter. The defense makes a couple stands, gets the ball back to Driscoll, they get some points in the board, you know, then you get yourselves a game and one that the Bengals can win. Yeah, man, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what role turnovers play. The Broncos uh, four seven over the last two weeks. Um, maybe they're able to take advantage, but maybe Driscoll's able to protect the ball and, like you said, uh, kind of keep the game close. We will see soon enough in a game that both teams really need. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, the big thing there too is who's playing left tackle with Mr. Miller in the building too, and there's a question mark there. So that might. That's one to keep an eye on, too. Thanks for having me on. We'll see you guys this Sunday. That was part two of my conversation with Jeff Hobson, senior writer for Bengals.com, talking a little bit about the keys to this week's game as the Broncos face Jeff Driscoll, a first-time starting quarterback. Phil, can the Broncos take advantage of playing a guy who's never started an NFL game it's no easy task to face Von Miller in your first start. Yeah, and then even uh, talking to Chris Harris Jr. earlier in the show, he was like, i got to go back to the preseason uh, to find some tape on this guy. So uh, I guess it's a little bit of a question mark. You, you know, you're not – both sides really don't know what they're uh, facing here. Um, but it, it should be a heck of a challenge for Driscoll. Good thing for him is that they'll be playing at home, so uh, it shouldn't be too hectic for him on that side. But, yeah, when you when you look a lot across the line of scrimmage and you see Von Miller there, uh, certain thoughts start going through your head, you know? Uh-oh, I think it's <laughs> yeah, one of I think them. That's a, and then you look to, okay, let's stay away from Von. Oh, wait, uh, Bradley Chubb is on that side too. So Yeah, it's going to be tough. I think you've got to stop the running game first in Joe Mixon and make Driscoll beat you because I can't pretend to know what Cincinnati's game plan is, but I would imagine it's take as much pressure off Jeff Driscoll as possible. That starts with Joe Mixon. That starts with quick throws. If you can get them into third and longs, like the Broncos defense has done the last few weeks to teams, you're going to be in a good position. But don't – Jeff Hobson talked about this a little bit earlier, but if the Beng- he thinks if the Bengals can keep it close early, they're going to be in good position – I agree. The Broncos need to kind of jump out to a lead so that you're not bogged down with, oh, Case Keenum throws an interception and then the Bengals Bengals kick a field goal and then you're going into the second half and now all of a sudden one play can change this from a win to a loss. you got to jump on them early so that Jeff Driscoll's placed in a situation that is really going to hurt the team. Yeah, and you know for Driscoll, whether or not A.J. Green plays is going to be a huge deal just because uh, sometimes when you're a young quarterback, you just need to have that go-to guy where you know it's almost like a security blanket. And so if AJ Green can play, that'll be that for Driscoll. So um, that'll be a really important for uh, to see what the Bengals do here with uh, AJ Green. And yeah, for the Broncos, I mean, I think you want it to look a little bit like that Cardinals game where you come out and you just establish a, an early lead and then you know just take care of business how you're supposed to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Phil. If you do that, you're in position then where you got another win, you're back to 500, and you feel pretty good. I don't know if you want to dive down that path at all, or if the you want to playoff rabbit hole. Yeah, I don't know. I it's scary because like this Bengals team is five and six, just like the Broncos are. Yeah, they're heading in a different direction, I would say. But uh, uh, yeah, sure, why not? Wanna, Let's yeah. go down the I, Let's go down the road. I said last week on the neutral zone that if the Broncos beat the Steelers, we were going to go down the rabbit hole. So let's go down. I don't want to. I don't want to disappoint anybody. Let's go down the... I've spent almost my entire morning on the New York Times' playoff machine. A little bit different than ESPN's playoff machine. 
just because uh, it's more probability. It's a more sophisticated. It's maybe. probability as yeah. opposed to kind of tiebreakers. Higher average uh, reading level. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's what I. Here are my takeaways, Phil, and feel free to chime in if you have any thoughts. Um, I don't know how long. Maybe two hours on the playoff machine for you. I have some thoughts. Yeah. Well, I would start with. If you're looking at teams that the Broncos are going to challenge for a wild card spot, because that's the realistic path to the playoffs, you're looking at the Ravens probably, you're looking at the Colts, Colts. and you're looking at the Chargers. The Ravens play some tough games here. They go to Atlanta, they go to L.A. to play the Chargers, and they go to Kansas City to play the Kansas City Chiefs. That is going to be tough for them, I think, to get out of the season without seven or eight losses. And if they fall to eight losses, they're probably no longer in that race. So that's a team that I think the Broncos are in good shape against. The, Who is that? The Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. The Colts now, they have an easier schedule, in my mind at least. They have to play the Houston Texans. Captain Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Uh, Taking yeah, his, his troops out into the battlefield. Exactly. But he, when he takes his troops out to the battlefield, is going to have to play the Houston Texans, who are leading the AFC South. Eight and three. Yeah. And that, that could be a loss for them. But otherwise, you play Jacksonville, you play a Tennessee team that they just beat by 40, you play uh, the New York Giants, who you know have had a tough season. So it seems realistic that the Colts right now at six and five could end up at 10 and six or nine and seven. At 10 and six, the Broncos uh, are going to obviously have to match that there. Um, but this is where it gets interesting. And our, again, our friend Mike, I'm really interested our, right now. Our friend Mike Kliss has talked about that. The Chargers might be the best path because they go, what did we say? They go to Kansas City on a short week. They, got the they go to the Steelers this week. And when they play that last game against the Broncos, when the Steelers could be 10-5 and five and the Broncos 9-6, and six, there could be a little bit of incentive for the Chargers to play for playoff positioning rather than win that game. could be a more favorable matchup for them to be the sixth seed. So that's quite the rabbit hole. That's the rabbit hole. <laughs> I like. I mean, as a fan, you naturally want to start looking at a schedule. I, I, I personally think that with five games left, it's a little bit hard to uh, go. Well, what if this happens? What if this happens? But I, uh, I do think that you can look at trends of how teams look. The Colts have been playing really well, and uh, there's no reason to, you know, that you would think, hey, all of a sudden they're going to stop. Uh, you know, they seems like they've got things going, and Andrew Luck seems to be healthy. Um, and then the Ravens, you know, that every week you're not sure what how the Ravens are going to be. I mean, they played so tough against us. They played really some other really tough games, and I think that the Ra- the Ravens could be good one week, and then you're not sure what you're going to get the next week. So yeah, now without they might not have Joe Flacco. They've got to make a decision between him, Lamar Jackson. That's that's an interesting situation there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you talk about the rabbit hole and how there's a lot that can happen. We talked at the beginning of the season that Case Keenum gives this team hope. Yeah, the two wins give you hope, and like, what are what's the fun in not exactly. being able to kind of extrapolate a little bit and see what what's out there? No, no, I mean, and I think the playoffs are. I think it's okay for the Broncos to start realistically thinking, okay, hey, like let's try and take care of business because we got something to play for. You know, maybe a few weeks ago, guys were thinking. All right, let me make sure I put good tape out there. And, like, maybe, you know, what's my contract situation? I think some guys maybe were going through that a little bit or at least very much thinking personally, okay, what do I want to do? But can I make the Pro Bowl this year? You know, individual goals, can I reach those? But now, where they are, they're just one game out of the playoff spot. Hey, we've, we're playing for something again. And, um, 
and especially with the teams that they've beat. They beat the Chargers, beat the Steelers. Those two are most likely playoff teams. So, you know, I think that, hey, you beat two playoff teams, one on the road, one at home. Yeah, you. it's okay to talk about it. Right, and it makes a lot of the games coming up more exciting. Oh, yeah. A month ago, it didn't look like a Saturday night game against the Browns was going to be much to talk about. We were like, oh, why does that have to be a night game? Now that's going to be electric. Yeah, that's the Browns be, are playing well with Greg Williams as an interim head coach. That I mean, every game now from now on can change your season, but that's going to be a must win, obviously, for the Broncos. And the number one overall draft pick comes in here. That's exciting that – a Christmas Eve game against Oakland now is a chance for them to ruin our season and for the Broncos to not slip up there. That's going to be a great game. And then, yeah. of course, you finish with the Chargers, and we just talked about for a second what those, uh, what that situation could be like. I, I, how fun would it be just heading into that Week 17 matchup with the Chargers where, hey, the playoffs are on the line. You know, there's a chance to, uh, you know, just see what what, you know, See if you can knock off Philip Rivers and maybe kick them out of the playoffs, or just, you know, how much fun would that be? It, it'd be. My stomach is already turning. Yeah, thinking I know about you're that. excited. That's uh, yeah, it's you like love a, the a, rabbit a, a nervous excitement. That would be a tough, a tough game. You, you'd think they might flex that. You know, they could flex if that it, if that if it came if down to it. Yeah, if the playoffs are on the line between an AFC West, some old foes. Yeah, love foes. Foes. Um, should we get our shout outs out of the way here? Yeah. You want to start? Well, we had one Jeff on earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was Jeff, uh, but not, that's not, not the Jeff. Yeah. I don't want to, uh, you know, be remiss and forget to mention our, our, uh, supervisor. Podcast director. Podcast director. Um, the other Jeff. And then, uh, um, what's, uh, Ben Swanson been up to this week? A lot of stuff going on with the, my cause, my cleats. That's true. Probably in our uh, weekly hashtag be a champion segment, it's worth talking about my cause, my cleats. Um, I know Ben Swanson's been doing a lot of photos for that. Was he? I think he. Photos. I think he did the art for the cleats. I think he drew on the cleats. Oh, did he? Or maybe he drew the no, cleats. No, that was Zach in equipment. Oh, Zach, Zach, Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Yeah. Shout out to Zach. Taylor. Really impressive stuff. These guys, you know, getting to put an organization of their choosing on their cleats to represent. Uh, Very cool. Can auction those cleats off to raise money for their charities. Started a few years ago. I think this is the third season of doing it. It's probably one of the NFL's best ideas in a while. Um, you know, it kind of came out of some of the players talking about, hey, how can we affect our communities communities more positively? It's been great. You know, one and show some personality. Too. Exactly. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, and there's some guys with some really awesome uh, stories. You know, you've got uh, Casey Kreider doing like a gaming one that kind of promotes education through gaming. You've got River Craycraft who uh, is doing one to honor Tyler Helsinki, Helsinki from uh, Washington State um, quarterback who yeah. uh, committed suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's some some really personal ones. Yeah, personal causes. Um, ones that deserve the support that they're getting. Um, and like you said, some of the cleats look really cool really too. Cool. So uh, we'll see those, I think, week 15 against the Cleveland Browns at home. Um, but lots of content on DenverBroncos.com. I, I heard your dress shoes are going to have. Yeah, I'm going to. Design. I, uh, you know, a cool thing that they do here for the Broncos, that the staff is also allowed to kind of submit a cause that's um, worthwhile to them. Uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation has done a lot for my family, so I'd probably go with a little uh, Make-A-Wish a logo. Make-A-Wish. You know, I like that. Paint them blue. That'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. 
Liz Manis, you know, did a lot to organize all that. that was, she did do a lot. And the Build-A-Bear sure thing today. The Build-A-Bear thing with uh, Chris Harris Jr. and yeah. a few other guys out there, uh, Justin Simmons and Joe Jones, uh, Troy Fumagalli. Yeah, he didn't have a kid there, but he was there he to did. help the kids. Yeah. Yeah. All the all the stuffed animals that were made there uh, going out to the children's hospital, so that was cool. Yeah. Nice deal. Who else? Have we got anybody else? I think that's a... I think that was it. Yeah. Another another good week of shout-outs. Another not. good week of shout-outs. We're exhausted after the win, you know? Oh, it's not man. quite the, the lively, uh, Who's raucous more tired, discussion. You or Shelby Harris? <laughs> Shelby Harris has a newborn child. Which he does. I do not have as far as I know. Um, so he's probably a little more tired. Did you see the photo of him with the football or his daughter with the football? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Almost the same size. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, Shelby Harris, great play. Shout out to him, of course. Um, we're headed to Cincinnati this weekend. Should be a good game. I'm making a yeah. little pit stop on the way there, of course, for the B- B1G. G. Yeah. All the neutral Where'd zone. Where did you go to school? To Katz University. Yeah, got it. So That's true. See how that goes. Uh, Heavenston, uh, Illinois. Exactly. Phil, if uh, on my drive on Sunday morning from Indianapolis to Cincinnati, I want to check out the neutral zone, just kind of like a last mm-hmm. second catch mm-hmm. me up on, hey, who's playing quarterback for just the Bengals? Just get ready for the game. Yeah, what is Chris Harris doing? Uh, what's Jeff yeah. doing, you know, uh, where, Jeff Hobson, how would sure. I, yeah, not Jeff Hobson. We know Jeff Hobson's getting ready for the game in Cincy, but yeah, podcast supervisor, Jeff, uh, where would I listen? Uh, you could definitely go to iTunes. The podcast uh, app, right? Uh-huh. Uh, make sure to leave a rating there because uh, that's how the neutral zone uh, gets, uh, grows in popularity. Yeah. Did you um, know it's the number two podcast in all of sports? I didn't know that. There's an asterisk next to that, but. What's the asterisk? Well, I don't. We don't have time to. It's kind of logistics. Yeah, yeah it's, a it's fine kind of print. Context. Yeah, uh, I think you could go to tune in. Tune in. Okay, that sounds like kind of a maybe kind of mainstream, but not all the way mainstream. Yeah, there can't then, be like a more obscure one, right? Yeah, there's some other thing called Stitcher. <laughs> it's very confusing. We need to get yeah. some Stitcher reps into the on yes. the neutral zone to explain like, to us what's going on. You know, like if you were to fall off a scooter or something, maybe you'll. Need to go visit a Stitcher. Yeah. Intern or Zach needs to visit a Stitcher. If, if you were to buy a new suit and maybe you needed to get it adjusted. What type of suit? Suit, A blue suit? Yeah. I believe I was wearing, believe a, I was wearing a tan suit. suit. Uh, maybe you go visit a Stitcher there and then they yeah. can uh, you know, take care of it. But apparently you can listen to podcast. You can listen to the neutral huh. zone. Maybe you could it's listen really on Stitcher while you're at the Stitcher. Whoa. That could kind of be meta. Yeah, it makes my mind hurt. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, should we wrap this thing up? Uh, maybe. Okay, I think well, people make sure are to follow uh, Eric Dalala at Eric Dalala on Twitter, Phil Milani at Phil Milani on Twitter as well. And uh, thanks to our guests who uh, came on to play some games. If you'd like to hop on the Neutral Zone next week, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter and you can uh, find out how to hop on. But uh, And hop off. And hop off. Hopping on, hopping off. <laughs> Uh, also, thanks to Chris Harris Jr. and uh, Jeff Hobson uh, for also coming on the Neutral Zone this week. That's going to do it for us. Uh, make sure to listen to all the places that we just mentioned. And uh, we're signing off. For Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani, and this has been The, the Neutral, Neutral Zone. <laughs> Zone.